0: This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on v
3: And Welcome to the Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM, Dave Ross alongside West Reynolds here at South Point Casino. In fabulous downtown Las Vegas. Is this still downtown or is this like away from downtown?
0: This is uh, the uh, South Las Vegas, south I would call it. South At the tip of the strip, as Brady Cannon <laughs> likes to say, it, because we are on Las Vegas Boulevard, yeah. but well south of uh, the Las Vegas Strip.
3: I like that. That is a pretty cool explanation for it. Uh, Wes got another fine show on the docket here on the Lombardi line. Of course, our guy, the king of New York, Will Hill, is going to join us later on this hour. By the way, I don't know if the Mets are ever going to lose again. I mean, they
0: just, they just keep winning. They won out again They looked like they were in trouble last night, and then all of a sudden, mm-hmm. man, five-run inning because uh, Alex uh, Alex Cobb, I believe, who was mm-hmm. the pitcher for the Giants, he deserved a much better fade. And then uh, the result, very good for the New York Metropolitans. Uh, they are on the road in one of the nightcap games tonight in Major League Baseball. It is uh, Chris Bassett, Logan Webb on the
3: map. That should be a pretty good pitcher's matchup right there. We'll talk some MLB uh, throughout the course of the next couple hours. But we do have to begin today's show... With what's going on with the NBA postseason. Now, look, if you're a Boston fan, you probably absolutely loved the game last night. Certainly, if you're a Miami backer, you did not, because this one was never in doubt. 11 points in the first quarter, and it was never a ball game here. The under easily cashes. 102.82 is the final total there. And of course, the Celtics easily cover that six and a half. You know, you look at the starters from the Heat last night. And the, the I get it. Like Jimmy Butler's banged up, right? So he had what? I think he was three of forever. Bam out of bio. Three of 14. Three of 14. Bam out of bio, where are you? Like you have an all-world performance in game three. You were upset that you weren't an all-star. You showed, hey, look at me, game three. I'm the best player in the court. Jimmy Butler got hurt in the second half. You carried them. You get home court advantage back. Where were you last night? I mean, Max zero. Pintz. Didn't score, 0 for 7. I mean, the starters for the Heat last night, they were abysmal, and I don't know if it's like, look, you take games off in the regular season, you don't take games off in the postseason. And I'm not saying they tanked it because they got this thing back to home court advantage. But, Wes, where was the effort last night from the, the starting five for the Heat?
0: Yeah, I was literally looking forward to this series because I thought it was hyper-competitive, obviously. When you looked uh, before the series even started, Boston a small favorite, but you certainly thought, okay, this is going to be a really competitive series. Yeah. So, you know, it looks like it could be heading towards seven, but not all seven-game series are great series, and we have not had a good game at all in this series, no. and, and really not in the Western Conference Finals either, which we'll get or which we'll get to later in mm-hmm. the program. But... Yeah, we just haven't had any really competitive games. We did finally get an under to come in last night because it felt like the circumstance. A couple of the games went over, I think, because you had so many fouls. Like, game one, there were, like, 64 combined foul shots. I think 47 fouls called. And then in game two, the Celtics just went bonkers from three with 23s. And then game three came down to that foul fest where it was ahead of pace. Then it, like, slowed down to a crawl because it was relatively close. But you just had all the injuries, you know. Marcus Smart in and out of the lineup. Jimmy Butler obviously hurting. Uh, uh, Tyler Hero did not go last night. Right. Kyle Lowry had missed the first couple of games, so you really haven't had these teams necessarily at full strength. And yeah, the the game was bad from the get go. I didn't hardly watch any of it because I was uh, I was dialed into the hockey playoffs last night. You made with, a good uh, choice with the uh, Tampa Bay uh, sweeping the Sunshine State battle, and then Colorado taking a three run lead. It's just these NBA playoffs have been kind of disappointing. we were talking about that a little bit uh, before we came on air here that look, we're not entitled to classics every, every single no. time out. We're not entitled to that. I was talking about the NCAA tournament earlier this year, one of my favorite events of the sporting calendar, not only to watch, but to bet. And we, we didn't get very many of those signature moments. We didn't get those like classic buzzer beaters mm-hmm. that we're going to be seeing, you know, 15, 20 years from now, some years you're not going to get that, but just the fact that these games have just not been competitive and, 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 and I don't think it's necessarily a lack of star power. I still think we have stars remaining. We still have Steph Curry. We still have Luka Doncic, Jason Tatum, obviously a budding star. So I don't think this is like, cause I was seeing it on the Twitter machine last night that, Oh, we need LeBron. I was like, we don't need LeBron. we, we don't <laughs> no, we need, we just want, competi- yeah, we want better.
3: Competition I want, I want there. good
0: games. Yeah. And you know, you have four teams that I think are at least pretty solid teams. And it's one versus two in the Eastern Conference Finals. You did expect better, and we are not getting better basketball at least through four games. No,
3: again, if you remember, like, the shock and awe when Memphis beat Golden State by a 1,000, right? At least it was great dynamic yeah. basketball by Memphis in that blowout. At this one, right. the Celtics were under 40% shooting in the first half. They led by 24.
0: Yeah, you feel like you're having to manufacture stories yeah. a little bit to get the intrigue here in these playoffs that have not uh, – hasn't really uh, – Bared fruit so far, but nevertheless, we are 2 2. It's basically a best of three now. And I'm just looking at game five. Yeah. We already have the price out, and that'll be tomorrow night. Under, obviously, now you're paying more of it's the discount. Down. I think, what did it close like? 205.5, 206. Now that was due to the injuries, That's I right. think. And now you're seeing it discounted because what we have seen are game five unders, especially when the series is 2 2, are usually the way to go. You're not getting a lot of bargain in line now, though. It is 203 and a half. Most shops, some 204s out there. Boston minus uh, one, one and a half, depending on your store. I have Boston for the series. I took after Game One at plus a dollar twenty. So obviously, like my position, when they're laying about a dollar eighty right now, if you want to get involved in the series price, take back on the heat about plus one sixty. But look, I think Boston's the better team, Mm -hmm. but. This series has just been, it's been weird and just the results have been, you know, there's been such a disparity. There hasn't been that consistency that sometimes you get with the series where it's like, okay, different teams are going to win, but they're going to be competitive, at least down the stretch. And maybe it ends up like a nine point win because of fouls at the end or something like that. There's no drama. Yeah. These have, these have been double digit blowouts all across the board, except for, uh, I believe uh, game three, but That was kind of a weird game, too. So we haven't really had that classic game. Maybe it's not coming. I don't know. Yeah,
3: again, game three, that's where the Heat had that huge lead and then kind of held on as Boston made the run late. So we did have drama at least in the fourth quarter. But if you wanted history, you got a little bit of it last night because in the last 25 years, the Heat became the first team ever to open up a game over 14 from the field. Mm-hmm. I mean, how about that? They just could not buy a bucket right. in that first well, quarter. And, and,
0: and we've seen the shooting kind of come and go for the Miami Heat, especially on the road. If you recall, I think the uh, first two games, games three and four in Philadelphia, Miami was like a combined, I, th- I yeah. want to say it was 22%, give or take a uh, half percentage point or so. From three point range and it you know, and that's what you got. I, did, I thought that Heat Sixer series is kind of very similar in that regard with a lot of disparate results. But uh, nevertheless, we're down to a best of three Boston and Miami in the East.
3: You mentioned the total coming down here for game five, which will be tomorrow night, and you see it down to two oh three and a half. So again, that's already been priced in. But here's the problem I, I say now trying to handicap this thing, looking ahead, Wes, and it is who's gonna play? Like, now I don't know about Tyler Hero, and you could see how the offense really like. No, look, Vic, right. Vic Odipo, your guy, Indiana, he stepped up, and he was, like, one of the only guys from Miami that He's been showed, the guy
0: carrying him really defensively.
3: Right? And I don't know what you can expect now from Jimmy Butler. i got to be honest with you. After the first quarter, I thought, why are you playing him? Mm-hmm. Like, if he was that banged up that he was a game-time decision, and then this is the best Jimmy Butler could give you, why is he out there? The same thing for Robert Williams. If you watched him laboring up and down the court – and all of a sudden, they couldn't get a timeout to get him out of the game. Yeah. I'm like, he can't run. So you got a lot of guys that are really walking wounded for both teams. So to me, it's hard to handicap that. Look, if you're star stars every night, if you can count on them, if you can count on Brown and Tatum for Boston, that's pretty good when you look at a one-point favorite here. But for Miami, Jimmy Butler's your guy. And if that's healthy Jimmy Butler – uh Oh, you got a bigger problem on your hands.
0: Yeah. And, and another thing that you can just see in this game, it's just the way this series, I think is indicative that the game is played very different right now. I know I, we saw some commentators. I know Dickie V was on the Twitter machine what last night. and uh, He was saying, look, I, I just miss, you know, where's the ball movement. Oh. And where's the, no, it's in golden state. Uh are yeah, a team that, that actually does play that way. So I would say to tune into that team because they do actually have really good ball movement on offense and you know, screening and cutting, but I can kind of see his point. And I know we kind of sound like old man, get off my lawn here, but it's like, where's the cutting? Where's the off ball motion where's the Where, movement, yeah, baby? Mo- mo- moving the ball. And because the name of the game now is spread the floor, have one big in the middle four out one that's in it. and everybody's waiting behind a three point line to Chuck threes. And that's basically what they do now in the NBA. It
3: was a terrible Dickie V by the way. I'll admit that. But I would say from Miami's standpoint, If in that style of play that you just outlined, and Duncan Robinson in a game like last night Mm -hmm. couldn't get you anything, and you don't have Tyler Hero, Jimmy Butler is compromised, and Max Strews literally did not make a field goal. Duncan Robinson, they gave him mad money to bring him back to Miami. I mean, Wes, I got to look at it like, can this guy – help me in any way, shape, or form because he he has a liability on defense. Well, he had
0: 14 off the bench, four of eight from the three, but that was a lot of garbage time because of – you knew Duncan Robinson was not a great defender necessarily if you watched him at Michigan like I did for basically three years. The guy was uh, out of D3 Williams College, the Williams Fs, and transferred to Michigan. You very rarely see that. Mm -hmm. But yet he made the NBA, and he's not a great individual defender, but he can defend within a team concept. But yet – you know, Spo hadn't been going with him. He ended up with 23 minutes last night, simply because you had garbage time. But if if you're not making shots, that's a dude. It's kind of like you got to pick your poison a little bit. It's like, okay, I know this guy I can count on him to hit some threes, but I know we've got to kind of cover him up a little bit defensively. And 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 that's what you have to do as a coach. You have to put together that game plan or that concept where it's like, how can we hide him as much as we humanly possibly can? Yeah. If, you,
3: if you're best, look, the whole, the last three quarters was garbage time. So Duncan Robinson, like you, Vic Oladipo, Vic was actually there from the jump. He was the only guy there. I'm looking at Bam out of You, you got to, you know, the Jimmy Butler is compromised, but Bam out of Bayou, you got to be better. Like, and I'm not going to put series. this in the he should,
0: he should kind of eat a little bit too, because Boston doesn't really have that pure post guy. No. Obviously they have a veteran and Al Horford, Robert Williams, Daniel Tice, but these are not true centers necessarily, and they're not as athletic as Bam Adebayo, so this should be the series you would think that he would deliver big time in.
3: Yeah, last night, a game to forget for the Miami Heat, but again, they go back to South Beach where they will be getting one point at home, 203.5 is what we have right now at BetMGM. When we come back, let's talk about the West a little bit. Is it over for Luca? My name is Luca. Come on back. It is the Lombardi Line right here on v the Sports Betting Network. Call 1-800-522-4700. Back alongside West Runs, I am Dave Ross. This is the Lombardi Line right here on Vston. And there is a problem, a big problem for the Dallas Mavericks. It has been the Golden State Warriors. Now, ironically, I think most people felt that in Game 3, Dallas gets home, all of their problems are solved. Not so much. Mm-hmm. Really, Game 3, uh, pretty decisive win for Golden State on the road. Now... They get the closeout scenario today on the road, and the Warriors, a small dog here, they're getting one on the road. You see the total of 215.5 here at MGM. Now There's a couple different ways that I kind of look at this, Wes, and I go, okay, they know, the Warriors know, what rest means more than anybody, especially with two teams in the East right now that are just injury-riddled with Boston and Miami. You think it's more important for, for Steve Kerr to say, all right, guys, Let's go out there and end this thing now. Or you remember that game in Memphis? Yes. Where they just got absolutely housed, mailed it in, literally mailed it in, and then just went back and said, oh, that's okay. We got home court. We'll take care of things back home. That's exactly what they did. How do you think Golden State mentally approaches game four tonight?
0: Well, you would think that a veteran team would want to take care of business when, you know, they've got Dallas kind of one foot in the grave and one on a banana peel. <laughs> Speaking, uh, 3-0 and straight up in ATS this series. If you look at the Warriors, then they've been pretty dominant. 17.6 net rating basically in this series. Dallas only scored 105.5 per 100 possessions. And, you you just look at the gap uh, of these two teams. Luca's kind of doing what he can. He had 40 points and 11 rebounds on uh, Sunday. But Dallas just has, and, and I think, my, I don't know if it was J.J. Redick or who it was that made these points. It's like, you got to look at who Lucas is playing with. He's playing with a lot of second-round picks. Yeah. Drafted guys, Dorian Finney-Smith and Dwight Powell and Ball these guys. players. Jalen Bronson has stepped up, and even Spencer Dinwiddie had a good game three. If you look... Uh, Brunson, Doncic, and Dinwiddie combined, I believe, for 86 of the 100 points. Maxi Kleber was nowhere to be found. No. It was like, Maxi Priest is better than Maxi Kleber. I just want to be close to you, the great Maxi Priest, or Maxi Priest and Sha You remember that?
3: I do not, but I'm picking up what you're <laughs> putting down. Sell. Because he couldn't buy a bucket. And, I mean, and they're leaving it. Look, he's got to shoot it, right? And so you saw him almost in the second half of that game. He didn't even want to shoot the basketball, right? It, it gets to the point where you're like, man, I can't make a shot. So now I'm passing up open looks. And that's not the way their offense is designed.
0: I got another one that you will okay. uh, that Dang you it. will know though. Reggie Dang. Reggie Bullock, of course, zero for ten. Uh, he made the same amount of field goals as Jim J Bullock. You know Jim J Bullock, the of course. the uh, the great Jim J Bullock from Too Close for he Comfort. Was, he was wasn't he Murdoch in the eighteen? No, that was Dirk Benedict. Damn it! I, I, I think that was or no, he was Face in the eighteen. But face. anyway, yes. I, I'm getting us all off the rails here. I apologize, <laughs> folks, but yeah, yeah, you just look at this, and I mean. Dallas, I think there were a lot of people that felt that, Hey, Dallas can give these guys a run here because golden state had kind of been so hit or miss in that Memphis series. But golden state, I think is just kind of one of those bad matchups for these guys because uh, you know, golden state, they, they, they don't necessarily switch everything. They can actually man you up a little bit because we saw what Luca did against Phoenix and they run a lot of pick and roll and Luca could kind of hunt for a matchup. Yeah. And he's still kind of getting his, but he could match up hunt when somebody switches on him and golden state, you know, does some switching, but you know, not where they just switch everything. Like, like I think Phoenix does. And, Golden State, you know, will adjust its defense and Kerr and company have done a nice job. Well, you know, they'll go kind of a little bit more man to man when Jalen Brunson is the primary ball handler and then kind of maybe throw in a little bit of those junk zones, if you will, mm-hmm. when Luca has the ball. And And I think that that is absolutely flummoxed Dallas. And then you look at what the Warriors offense is doing. Dallas has allowed one twenty three point one points per one hundred possessions it, yeah i mean j- those are just dreadful numbers Oof. in the non garbage time minutes through the first 3 games uh half court. They're getting scored on golden States getting 58% of the available rebounds. And Kevin Looney has really been the man among boys doing that. He had 12 back on Sunday night as yeah. well. Wiggins had 11 Wiggins is that guy. It's like, he may not give it to you every game, but when he give when he gives you something, he gives you something big time. And that that, uh, that dunk that looked like it was going to be overturned oh where goodness. it was like, the ref is going to bail Luke out a little bit. That poster that he put there. And just to have him, I feel like Wiggins is almost a luxury. And then you're getting Jordan Poole scoring off the bench and, and whatnot. So Golden State is, I think, really figured this team out here. I don't know necessarily what I'm doing for game four on the side. Dallas is laying one here. So it's like, okay, is this the one that they're going to get to avoid the sweep? But I'd be more inclined, and I know the numbers have indicated otherwise, I'd be more inclined to perhaps look at the over here at 215 oh. and a half because. I think in elimination games, the proclivity is to bet unders. Now, keep in mind, there could be multiple elimination games here if the Mavericks go ahead and win. But when it's 3-0 here, and look, if a team is down, they're going to be fouling. So I'm more inclined to say that this is going to be a higher scoring game because when you're up 3-0, does the defensive urgency kind of lapse a little bit? And that's maybe the concern with Golden State here is it's like, yeah, we can just outscore these guys. We can just outshoot these guys from the three point line and we're going to be okay. So maybe the defense not going to be as good as we've seen through three games for Golden State. That's just kind of my hunch and my instinct here. Yeah,
3: I kind of I like Dallas a little bit in this spot here because just listening to Jason Kidd after game three and it just. He, he didn't panic at all. And he basically said, hey, we're, we're going to be ready for game four. We didn't shoot it well tonight. We're going to shoot it better. And I don't know that they can make this you know, remotely close to being a series again. But I do like them in the spot tonight, uh, laying the one. I will say this, which I find interesting. You know this, Wes. In the history of the NBA playoffs, how many teams
0: have come back from an 0-3 deficit and won the series? I believe that would be uh, the Blutarski, 0.0. Thank
3: you very much, uh, Dean Wormer. That is exactly right, 0.0. And guess what the odds are here for Dallas to come back and win this series? Thirty to one. It should be way yeah. higher to me if, in the history of the NBA postseason, a team has never accomplished this, and it's only thirty to one, mm-hmm. and they don't even have home court. Right. It's not like they lost the first two at home. They would have to win all th- uh, the remaining two at home. That's all they would yeah. get, and three on. The- I mean, I don't see any scenario they win two on the road and two more at home.
0: Yeah, I don't either. I think Dallas is just outmanned here. And I think you look at it, and it's probably from a talent standpoint. Yeah. Jalen Brunson has been very good. Spencer Dinwiddie hit or miss, but sometimes he can have big games, but it's been the Brunson and Luca show basically. Mm-hmm. And you just don't have any guys that can really score at the rim. Look at who you're starting. You're starting Dorian Finney Smith and uh Reggie Bullock and Dwight Powell, who by the way, started, but only played eight minutes in the game. They're going to Kleber who, you know, is a tall guy, but he's not really a center. He's a guy that shoots from the outside, but he was Oh, of five. They they just don't have guys that really give you very much off the bench, and they're not a very deep team. So they're kind of running. They're they're just running against it right now. And I just think Golden State is just such a terrible matchup. for
3: You them. you look at some of the player props tonight, and I, look, I've said this on on Twitter. I, this is like Draymond Green. You and I talked about him a little bit with Eric Snow this weekend. Uh, another Michigan State guy. He, he can he can he doesn't control a game. But he can just kind of navigate a game and narrate a game almost, Mm -hmm. if you will, without putting up huge numbers. And tonight you're looking at uh, his prop scenarios here, seven and a half points, seven and a half rebounds, six and a half assists. He's the jack of all trades yeah. and he just does everything and all the dirty work for this team. So I know he's always a lightning rod with the fouls and his mouth and everything else. But really when you start watching the way they play, they don't they do go through Draymond
0: a lot. Well, and one thing with Draymond, I think if you're looking at the props, uh if you're wanting to bet his props or maybe bet an over, I kind of like the PRA, the points plus rebounds plus Add assists a little bit because you're kind of having to say because some games it's like he's a beast on the glass, right. He'll get you, you know. ten Which rebounds. One? That's right, and maybe one assist. And then some games they'll get you seven or eight assists, and then get you two rebounds. So you never really know. But from a prop standpoint, uh, what I would be looking at uh, Kevin Looney, and I think what I saw early this morning was I believe nine and a half rebounds. Uh, I don't know if uh, what the vig is on mm-hmm. that. It depends on your store, but. Kevin Looney in two out of three games has grabbed 10 or more rebounds. He's had back-to-back with 12 rebounds. And like I mentioned, Golden state is getting 58% of the available rebounds. And that's the guy that's getting them. If you remember game six, he was the guy that just, I think he had over 20 rebounds in that game against Memphis. And he just gets it on hustle. He just knows where to be. It's not like he's a pure postman, even though when you see him in the box court it has a C by his name is a center. He's not really a true center, but this is a guy that gets a lot of rebounds. So if I'm looking at a prop, I'd be playing Kevin Looney over rebounds.
3: Steph Curry, of course, three pointers is juiced heavily to the over. It is three and a half. You can understand why. The one that's sneaky for me is Steph Curry rebounds five and a half. You don't think of Steph Curry getting you six boards,
0: but he's always kind of sneaky like sneaks in the back door and gets one of those. He had five, by the way, in game number three
3: and a lot of missed shots for Dallas. So if that continues, a lot of more long opportunities for guards to sneak in there and get some rebounds. All right. When we come back I do want to put a bow on what we saw at the PGA Championship, and you and I were talking about it when it was happening. That was a wild turn of events, not just money, but also on the course. Come on back. The Lombardi one of these the Esports Betting Network. The VEASAN Summer Special is here. For only $39, you get everything VEASAN has to offer from now to the end of July. The next few months are going to be filled with the best betting content in the biz right here at VEASAN.com. And subscribers are going to have access to all of it, including Adam Burke's daily MLB Best Bets. Jonathan Montovil is going to have his best bets all the way through the NBA Finals. Andy McNeil will do the same with the Stanley Cup Finals. going to have lots of NFL preseason coverage as well, not to mention continued best bets. Premium articles covering golf, UFC, USFL, and and NASCAR. So if you want that full VEASAN experience, which features a daily best bets email, every edition of points per weekly use of our betting tools and a live video stream, whenever you want it, the cost is only $39 to be a subscriber through July 31st. So sign up now at VEASAN.com slash summer. And it's been a really good start to the summer from my partner to my right Wes Reynolds, because Wes PGA championship, my goodness, What a wild turn of events on Sunday. But you, sir, had Justin Thomas. And JT, I know it was a rough week for Nick Saban, but Roll Tide, baby, he posted I know, for Alabama. Uh,
0: signed JT to an NIL deal down at Alabama, if you would, <laughs> Coach Saban. But, yeah, Justin Thomas, who I only – I had him at 17-1 to 1 before the tournament. He was, was kind of chalky. He wasn't the favorite, but certainly one of the shorter-priced guys. Mm-hmm. If you look on Sunday when he was seven shots off the league, because remember, he shot a 74. He was 600 par his first two rounds, and he was in the worst end of the weather draw. Like, he was probably two shots the worst of it yeah. in terms of the guys that had to go out late Thursday and then early Friday. early Thursday late Friday was the much better end of the draw that's where Zalatoris was and Herrera and a lot of the leaders Uh, I think uh, uh, Rory I think was on that as well but Justin Thomas when he started on Sunday I believe per data golf which is a really good resource by the way check them out at data golf on Twitter and some of the some of the strokes gain data and stuff that they tabulate he, in terms of probability, Justin Thomas was 1.2% wow. to go ahead and win the Wanamaker trophy. Now, that being said, uh, early Sunday morning, he was priced like 33 to one. Mm-hmm. So that doesn't really compute with the actual probability. He probably should have been much higher, but because he's Justin Thomas and, and he's more of an elite player, you're obviously going to get discounted at that price So the true odds on Justin Thomas probably should have been, you know, even fairer odds would have been like 50 to one or yes. 60 to one to start. Uh, Sunday's round, but they weren't going to necessarily give that to you. But I think what Justin Thomas did and look, uh, you know, one man gathers what another man spills as the grateful dead would sing in St. <laughs> Stephen. So like Mito Pereira, Will Zalatoris, a lot of these guys had to kind of leave some room for Justin Thomas to go ahead and get back in this thing, but he did. And I think, you know, you want to, you know, give a holistic picture because some guys, you know, obviously Mito Pereira if that tee shot on 18 oh really was what sealed his fate, But when you look at Justin Thomas, he is a fighter, man, and I got to give him credit. And And a lot has been made recently that he and Tiger Woods are part of like that text chain with Freddie Couples and a few others. And they've kind of like mentored Justin Thomas a little bit. And I think when you're a younger player, he's 29, so not an old man by any stretch. But you kind of need an older guy that you can bounce some ideas off of and talk the game with a little bit. And bringing Bones McGuire on, I think, has oh, really helped him for that. No and I tweeted it. out that video because Gil asked me on a numbers game yesterday, how important is an elite caddy? And I go, in a major championship, it's highly important. No question. Because you were wondering, you know, what the caddy, I, mean, I didn't have the benefit of the audio like we had for Justin Thomas, which PGATour.com uh, leaked out yesterday. But you wonder if somebody told me to, okay, how about hit the three? Hit the three off 18. 18. Now, 18 is not a short par four. It was like 490 yards, but – you know, that's the point where it's like, okay, don't you hit the big dog and put it in the Creek necessarily. And that's exactly what he did. But Justin Thomas, I just think showed the toughness and getting back to, you know, Gore, Tiger and those guys mentoring him. I think he really showed some toughness and he showed some fight and he showed some grit. Now, Tiger, when he was up in majors was more of a front runner. No doubt. He was on the he lead. So, behind. so yeah, he very rarely did that. And Justin Thomas obviously came from seven off the pace to start Sunday, but It was a little bit, and I'm not really wanting to compare because I feel that we do that too much, you know, to compare to Tiger because there really is no comparison when he was on his run. But it was very Tiger-esque in terms of the grit and the grind because that's, I think, what sometimes separated Tiger. It wasn't just the ability. It wasn't just the statistics of being maybe the best iron player ever and being, uh, you know, good off the tee and making big putts and scrambling and recovering from mistakes. It was the fact that he fought. He would always fight. He would never give in. And Justin Thomas never gave in on Sunday.
3: No, he didn't. Again, they asked you know, Justin about that. Like, cause tiger is one of the first guys to call him, text him literally as he's walking off the course. And they said, you know, are you going to be able to, you know, kind of give some digs back to Tiger? He goes, well, I think I'd need to win about 13 more of these, yeah, you know, to get yeah. to Tiger's level of 15 major championships. He was
0: digging <laughs> his buddy, Smiley Kaufman, who was on uh, a former PGA Tour player, still a PGA Tour player, yeah. but was on the uh, the grounds doing some broadcasting work, I believe, for the PGA. But, uh, yeah, he was giving it to him a little bit, the little dab. But, uh, yeah, Justin Thomas finally back in the winner's circle for a major, and that's why he got Bones on the bag, because Bones, of course, had so much success with Phil Mickelson for about 20 to 25 years, and that was part of the narrative that I played. It was kind of like meet the new boss, same as the old yeah. boss. Bones McKay knows what he's doing and gets with the new boss, Justin Thomas, and it was just it was just almost that perfect coincidence. The PGA that Phil goes ahead and skips is the defending champion, his f- and who caddy. wins his former bag man, Bones McKay, with Justin Thomas.
3: Yeah, Absolutely. There was some symmetry there, for sure. And again, for everybody that listened and and thank you for watching and listening along with us on Betting Across America. We kept updating those live numbers as they were going because, as we discussed before that final round began, you had four players at the top of the leaderboard. Forget about winning a major. They'd never won on the PGA Tour. And that's why it was one of those rare instances where you felt like there might be an opportunity Mm -hmm. if Mito Pereira came back to the pack, which he had already done before he got to 18. Remember, when he stood on the tee at 18, he was already three over for the day. So he had allowed the other rest of the players in the field to go ahead. And look, the golf course was difficult. It's a Sunday. It's a major. But to think that the winning score ended up being five under par, which is what Rory McIlroy shot on the opening day, that if Rory had played even par the other three days, he would have been in a playoff. So it goes to show you major championship golf. Those four rounds, just because what you see in round one – does not mean you can yeah. extrapolate that for four days. That's yeah. not the way it works you, in major you can championship. Ne- golf. And that's
0: what I always say about majors. You can never win it on the first day, but you can lose it Absolutely. on the first day. And, you know, you just got to hang in there. You talked about we were updating the uh, lines during Betting Across America. We also had a show that I stayed over for called Hardwood Handicappers on Sunday that John Von Tobel hosts very well. Mm-hmm. And Hardwood, we were like, welcome back to Hardwood Handicappers. I was like, well, welcome back to Long Shots Weekend Edition, <laughs> because that's exactly what it became. Once you get that 3 if I was like well you know what I'm not going to drive home while I got a guy in the mix here and I want to watch the end of this so I was going to watch it anyway so I might as well stay on the air. And by the way, long shots, we'll have that out later this afternoon slash evening. Uh, Paul stone, uh, man for all seasons, even though some college football numbers are popping up mm-hmm. and he's betting those openers here in town accordingly. But Paul, a Texas native, and we always have him on for one of these uh, Texas area awesome. tournaments. So we are at the colonial this week in Fort worth. Six of the top 10 in the world are here, including PGA champion, Justin Thomas, Scotty Scheffler, Jordan Spieth, so a lot of big guns here at Colonial this week.
3: I can't wait to get your your take on that on, on long shots this week because I know the proclivity is going to be fade Justin Thomas, and obviously coming off a major championship, he's going to play, as you mentioned. And I listened to JT very closely, and he said, I got a 24-hour rule, and once I, I celebrate for 24, and then it's back to work, I feel like he's in the middle of a major run. We'll find out about that because I look ahead to Brookline, Mass., where the U.S. Open is going to be played next month, Less. And the smallest favorite right now on the board, ironically, it's still John Rom. It's not Scotty Shefford, who, by the way, missed the cut mm-hmm. at the PGA Championship this past week. And then you get to the DJs and the JTs. And JT, I'm seeing right around 14-1 to 1 right now. I got to feel like, man, I, sometimes you win these in windows. I'm not saying Justin Thomas should be the favorite. But I am surprised that Rom, who really was non—yes, he made the weekend— not really ever in the mix well, at the PGA. One of the
0: reasons, I think, because Rom did win the U.S. Open last year, and I, I, was, I was aboard him. And look, you could tell that once you win a U.S. Open, you kind of have a game for it. And the U.S. Open is such a unique major, because that's where we get the really tight fairways, more classical designs, high rough, mm. uh, not a lot of high rough last week, only about two inches. But this is where you get to, like, the four and the five-inch rough, and then the greens are really super fast, you know, like putting on glass sometimes and they speed them up. And that's what the USGA does. The story for the U S open, I think is always like the golf course. Yeah. How is the golf course going to play They're back at Brookline, uh, just outside of Boston. So classical design. So you're going to see the usual suspects up there. I know Scotty Scheffler missed the cut, but he's not going to dip too low. He's still the number one player in the world. Also, by the way, in this colonial field this week, Jordan Speef, Colin Marakawa, Victor Hovlin, Wills Alatoris. I want to see how Will Zalatoris cover recovers from last week. Mm. As do I want to see Mito Pereira, who I believe is about fifty to one in this field. And, uh, you know, see how those guys do not only handling the victory, like Justin Thomas is going to have to do, but how these guys that kind of came so close and were in the mix and end up empty handy handed with trophies, how they recover the very next week and turn the page.
3: It's a great point about the U S open and the course designs. Once you get closer and closer to to the tournament for your handicap purposes, the former champions that I'm seeing right now, ROM nine to one, I'm seeing, uh, you know, you look at a guy like Bryson DeChambeau, who's banged up, 14-1. to 1. You go, By the wow. way,
0: breaking news, Bryson DeChambeau is a withdrawal, once again, from the uh, Colonial, this the week. Charles Schwab Challenge, battling that wrist surgery withdrew last week from the PGA as well. And Brooks
3: Kepka 14-1 to 1 at the U.S. Open. So former U.S. Open winners getting shorter numbers on the board that you're seeing right now. Uh, but again, shout-out, Wes Reynolds had the winner at the PGA Championship, JT Justin Thomas. When we come back, the king of New York, Will Hill is going to join us right here in the Lombardi line on the Sports Betting Net. This is it. We've got an
1: Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi Fi? Oh, my! Look at that! He is! And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex Dedicated Card Member entrance for the win!
3: At MGM is pitching baseball fans a chance to swing for the fences. Register using the code VESAN200 to win $200 in free bets when you place a $10 money line wager on any MLB game, and either team simply hits a home run regardless of your bets outcome. Enjoy baseball like never before with BetMGM all season long. Sign up today with the King of Sportsbooks. Eligibility restrictions to apply. MLB trademarks used with permission. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued is non withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire in seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion offer not available in Mississippi, Nevada, or New York. Back alongside West Reynolds, I am Dave Ross. This is the Lombardi Line right here on VEASAN. And, you know, you look at the Major League Baseball season here as we sit, I can't believe this, at the end of May. I know, it, it's, June's going to be here before you can bat an eye. And I think when you start to handicap Wes, not necessarily just today's slate, which we'll get to here in, in, uh, in more detail, but the bigger view. Are there teams out there that maybe have underperformed to this level that you think there might be some buyback on that you say, you know what, the trade deadline's coming up. They think they're still in it. They're going to make moves. Are there any teams out there you think that might fit that description?
0: Well, I think you look in the East, the Atlanta Braves, I think certainly are a candidate. They have uh, gotten off to a rough start, 19 and 23. And I thought that was going to be a really good division at the top. Mets right now, eight game lead, 29 and 15. They're on absolute fire. We'll cover that game. They're Mm -hmm. in that series in San Francisco. Uh, We'll cover that with Will Hill momentarily. But the Philadelphia Phillies, I think these guys are hitting but the bullpen has got issues. The same bullpen issues are there for the Phillies, uh, two games under 500. The obvious other candidate that's kind of been a little bit of an underachiever too, I think would be the Chicago white Sox. Yeah. Just one game over 500. Couldn't hit it all in April. And that kind of put them behind the eight ball, but you felt that they were going to regress a little bit because they had so many starting pitchers have career years. And, you know, it's tough to have career years two years in a row, but they have the most talent. But right now, looking up at the Twins, four and a half back.
3: All right, so let's bring in uh, the aforementioned Will Hill, uh, of course, our VC contributor, Point Spread Weekly. And you can follow him on Twitter as I do, at not the Will Hill. And, Will, let's pick up the conversation right there. Because when you talk about the Metropolitans, we'll get to their game specifically here. I know it feels like they might be a candidate for regression. But to the question I just asked Wes, and you know New York City, it's why we call you the King of New York. Do you think the Mets might actually be in play to go get a bat before we get to the All Star break, so that people don't have to jump off the Mets bandwagon?
4: Yeah, I think all things being equal, you know they could use a bat. Uh, Now again, you know some of this is going to depend on when Degrom gets back, and it seems like he just goes for MRI after MRI. We just need to get this guy on a mound. We need to see this guy pitch, but. You know, if you can get DeGrom back you know, end of July, early August, if you can get Scherzer back and you're in good shape, I, I definitely think you can use a bat. I, I think this lineup is a little short. They could use a big you know, a power you know, RBI guy. I don't know that you need a three or four hitter, but uh, look, I know J.D. Martinez he has been rumored that would be a hell of a bat to add to that lineup. So to answer your question, yeah, I do think the Mets probably use a bat and probably use a bullpen arm, which you can say about most teams. Most teams can use a bullpen arm.
0: So, well, let's stay with the Mets tonight. Uh, They're in San Francisco. Got the nice win uh, to start the series last night. Chris Bassett and Logan Webb going uh, for the San Francisco Giants. Uh, Mets getting at least the early money down to plus 112 currently.
4: Yeah, I'm on the under here. I mean, you got Bassett and Webb, and these are two guys who are just really good at generating weak contact. Uh, So I'm going to play the under here. Probably split my bet here between the first five under, full game under, to... Try to avoid, you know, extra innings, anything that can happen with bullpens, although Diaz has been really good at the end of these games. I know both Mets fans don't trust him, but I think they're starting <laughs> to gain a little bit of trust in Diaz at the end of these games. But uh, I do like the undergrad I just think you have two really good pitchers. And like you mentioned, the Mets, they could use a bat. That lineup is a little short. I know some of the metrics suggest like there's some you know, regression coming. Uh, a lot of infield hits for the Mets. I think they lead Major League Baseball by a pretty wide margin of infield hits, so Uh, I did play the under here in
0: Mets-Giants. One more on that game, by the way, that the Mets got against Alex Cobb last night. Alex Cobb, I think when you look at these pitchers, and that's kind of how you got to bet this at this time of the year – Alex Cobb's had some really bad luck this year. All those hard hit balls. And when you look at that, like Babip that we call it, batting Mm -hmm. average balls in play, he has been terribly unlucky. So, despite that result that went against him last night, I think Alex Cobb's going to be a bet on pitcher over the next couple months for the Giants. And I'll
3: tell you this, Will just, he hit it right out of the park with the uh, Edwin Diaz because, look, when he is good, he is sugar. When he is bad, he is Splenda. So as long as we get Sugar <laughs> Diaz, we're happy in New York. Let's stay in New York. We'll talk about those Yankees because you know the O's in town in in uh, New York City, and you got Bruce Zimmerman going up against Jordan Montgomery here. So you gonna lay the big price tag with the Yanks? Are laying two thirty five, or is there another way to attack this game?
4: Uh, you you cannot get me to lay this price with this Yankee lineup. <laughs> Did you guys see the lineup they put out last night? I mean, they kind of fell off in fifth followed by Florio and Hicks and Trevino, who can't hit, and then uh, Marwin Gonzalez in the nine-hole. Gonzalez, I, I'm sorry, uh, Gallo and Donaldson are on the COVID IL. Mm. Uh, this is a lineup. Look, if Judge and Stanton don't hit the ball nine miles, I just don't know how they score. I mean, Rizzo's a good bat, and they'll get LeMahieu back in the lineup tonight, but uh, this lineup is really short. You know, even at full strength, they could you know, use another bat, just like the Mets, maybe even two bats, because with you know, the shortstop, the catcher, Hicks is an automatic out, this is not a great lineup, so I'm going to take Baltimore plus the one-and-a-half. Uh, Baltimore's covered the run line four in a row here against the Yankees. They played pretty well against the Yankees. I'm just going to say this. I haven't watched Baltimore a lot this last week or two. Baltimore's on their way. Baltimore mm-hmm. is on their way because they've got some good young prospects. Now, look, when you're the worst team in the league for three or four years, you're going to start to stack some prospects, but you know, they've got good young arms on the way. Grayson Rodriguez, uh, Braddish is in the majors. You know, they, they called up the catcher, uh, Rushman, a couple of days ago. Uh-huh. Baltimore, I, I think two, three years from now, Baltimore, this is a sleeping giant. They're going to be really good. So I did take Baltimore plus one and a half and starting to see some cracks for the Yankees. I mentioned the lineup is not great, especially down towards the bottom. The bullpen, which was great early on, is, is starting to show some cracks. You know, Wise has gotten hit. Chapman's been a disaster. He might be you know, just completely washed up. Chad Green is having Tommy John surgery, so... Uh, this Yankee bullpen that looked deep, looked dominant, is not looking as great, you know, a, a couple weeks later. So I'm going to take Baltimore here plus one and a half. And, look, the Yankees have been beating up on a soft schedule. I know the record's good, and, and it's a pretty good team. It's been a good start for them. But uh, a lot of that is just beating up on, you know, the Orioles and the Tigers and the Guardians. A, a lot of, you know, a really weak schedule here for the Yankees. So uh, I do think there's value here on Baltimore plus the one and a half. And plus, it, it, you know, if you're losing after eight and a half innings, the Yankees don't get to bat that nighttime being that they're at home. So. Uh, I do like
3: Baltimore plus one and a half. John. this is very interesting, too, and I wanted to run this by both of you guys here uh, as we're talking baseball. Yesterday, out of the 12 games that were played, 10 of those games went over. So, Will, wow. now, and I know, like, we're waiting, been waiting for, for runs to start scoring. Is that a trend that we can follow, or would you uh, tread cautiously there?
4: Yeah, I mean, I, I think you look at a lot of these games, it's got to be over a pass because, I, I mean, sometimes look I follow baseball almost as closely as anyone. Sometimes I wake up and I, I check the uh, check the board, and there's two pitchers I basically never heard of, and the total seven is like it's not Sandy Koufax and uh, it's Don Drysdale <laughs> pitching against each other, and these totals are six and a half, seven, just pretty routinely. So, uh, you know, I, I know the balls have been dead. Pitching's been dominant. You know, offense has been non-existent a lot this year, but, you know, at some point, you just can only go over these low totals, and, Uh, I think with the warmer weather, too, it's starting to get really hot here on the East Coast, and the weather has not been great on the East Coast at all. So uh, I think as the weather gets warmer, that's more conducive to offense, and I do think you'll see uh, a correction here as we get more
0: more offense. Well, got about 90 seconds left here. And you mentioned you're following baseball very closely. You're po- probably following a little bit closely because the NBA playoffs, at least mm. of late, have been kind of a dud. And meanwhile, we've got a team trying to avoid the sweep tonight in the Western Conference Finals. That's Dallas against Golden State. We know no teams come back from 3-0. I don't expect that to change in this series. But Dallas lane one here in the market, 215 and a half. Anything on tonight's game?
4: Yeah, very easy pass for me. I've I've done a bad job with this series. I've had a bad feel. I thought Dallas would play them tough. I thought Luka would be a matchup advantage. Uh, I don't like getting involved in series that are 3-0 to begin with. Sometimes the team up 3-0 kind of punts on the game. Sometimes the team down 3-0 punts on the game. So I don't love series when they're 3-0. Give all the credit in the world to Golden State to really rethink this dynasty after losing Durant. Mm -hmm. You know, Clay misses two years. Curry's now thirty four. They're going to be in NBA finals here in in the next week or so. So give them all the credit in the world. It's a great organization. I just, I don't have a a whole lot of interest getting involved in in 3-0. And I I really, I thought Dallas would play a lot better. I think Phoenix probably sitting around thinking, how the hell did we lose to
0: this? (laughs) Well, about 30 seconds left to go here. I'd be remiss if I didn't cover the biggest event in New York City tonight in the sports calendar. That's Hurricanes-Rangers game number four. Aberration on Sunday, or is there some real belief in the blue shirts right now?
4: I think there's some belief. Look, they've really won four in a row when facing elimination. If you count the other day, they won three against Pittsburgh, down three-one, and if they lose the other day, they're eliminated. You know, but at some point, you could say that's resiliency. But at some point, you know, you're just going to lose one of these games that you have to win. You can't, you know, live on live on the edge this long. Um, I think Carolina is the better team. I think Carolina probably gets the game tonight. Although do I, have, I have Rangers' futures, I'm rooting for the Rangers long term. I just. I have a feeling Carolina gets him
3: tonight. There he is, everybody. The King of New York. Follow him on Twitter as we do at NotTheWillHill. Will, we'll catch up again soon, my friend. We appreciate the time and information as always.
4: All right. Thanks for having me, guys. See ya. Thank you, Will.
3: There he is. When we come back, Wes, do you believe in curses? Sometimes. We'll discuss one maybe that affects the NFL and your future plays. Come on back. It's the Lombardi Line on TheSyn, the sports betting network.